Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Since I've talked about the one glaring topic that was sort of the catalyst for me having this incredible platform to come on and talk with all of you and share my thoughts and share my opinions and meet the incredible co-hosts that I now have in my life here on Nurses Out Loud. And that topic is COVID-19 vaccine. You know, it was really what forced me in the most beautiful of ways, when I use the term forced, to examine myself a lot deeper, my convictions a lot deeper, what I was going to tolerate, what I wasn't going to tolerate, and sort of this leaning on something bigger than myself, obviously my faith, to muster up enough courage to say, nope, I'm out of here. I need to separate myself from my nursing career and this hospital organization. And for me, that is a beautiful silver lining. I know of some other people that feel the same, that this became something that was sort of this push maybe to look deeper and to dig deeper and to kind of analyze where we were at in our lives. Were we stuck? Were we stagnant? Are we capable, as I know so many of us are, of pivoting and trying something new or trying something different? Or do you have within you that strength and that courage to fight to sort of go against the grain of what I think everyone was doing amongst our hospital organizations and say, no, I'm not going to do this. And whether that be filling out the religious exemption or maybe even not doing that, but then waiting to be fired and having legal action, like whatever that looked like for you. I think that the COVID-19 vaccine mandates put a spotlight sort of on people's hearts and souls and forced again in the most beautiful of ways for us to take a stance and to figure out were we going to fold, I guess, maybe. And in recent weeks, it has been brought to my attention by my trusted friends. I would I would actually consider them more than friends. They are family uh fellow nurses that still work within the healthcare system that I worked in, they often will kind of share little nuggets or, you know, keep me, keep me posted on sort of what is still going on in that world. 
mainly the absurdity of things that still happen, but they let me know that the healthcare organization that I worked for is no longer requiring the COVID vaccine. And I find this to be infuriating. The reason being is I say, I say us because I feel like us as in those of us that kind of encouraged everyone to hold the line and speak up and not give in. We sort of knew this day would come if everyone was capable of standing firm and kind of fighting the good fight. And maybe even heeding our warnings of, you know, this will potentially come to an end if we can all rally together. And I think what makes me even more incredibly furious about it is that this caused so much damage. Again, a mandate, not even a law. No laws were passed. There was nothing legally binding about what these healthcare organizations did. And yet it caused so much damage on so many fronts. And whether that be people lost their jobs, whether or not people felt like they were backed into a corner and they had to had to get it they were the breadwinner for their family they were the sole provider whatever the case may be they felt like they had to do it in order to maintain their employment whether that be against their will and i also i stand firm in my statement that no one that received this whether you wanted to or not because i do know some people that felt like it was the right thing to do I question I question that. I mean, I I really do sincerely wonder that the people that lined up for this and that voluntarily did this. I question whether or not they had any information surrounding it outside of what was just being shared on television or in mainstream media or sort of the the propaganda that was circulating. But you have so many lives impacted and the people that did sign up for it and that voluntarily got it and that chose to participate in this, I think about what that must feel like. What must that feel like to have done something that, you know, you were told you had to do and you were agreeable to it? But now somebody else doesn't have to do it. And especially after everything that is coming out. I mean, we are now seeing so much information swirling and being talked about and being sort of documented about not only the vaccines themselves, but also people who are experiencing X, Y, and Z as it relates to the time in which they received the vaccine. Again, a lot of coincidences happening here. 
And when that email went out from the healthcare organization I used to work for, I can't help but assume, because I worked with these people for a long time, I witnessed the most calloused behavior I've ever witnessed in my entire life by people who are supposed to be caring for people, absolutely calloused behavior and decision-making. And I make the assumption that that email went out just as another day at the office. Not even a blip on their radar of, is this going to ruffle any feathers? How must these people, you know, how must these people feel that we did this to? I stand pretty strong in that statement, actually. I don't think anyone in a leadership or a authoritarian position at that organization thought twice about it. And I'd say it's par for course. The interesting thing about it, and I witnessed this through COVID as well, there is a, what I'll consider to be a competitor within the the valley here in Arizona, another large multi-system hospital organization here. And I'll call my healthcare organization, organization A, and I'll call the other one organization B. And it was very strange to watch these two competing organizations. They, they, they are competitors. You know, demographic-wise or location-wise, there are, there's significant distances between, you know, the hospitals, but they are, you know, they're scattered around the valley. And it was as if it was one large organization. It was absolute monkey see, monkey do. At organization A, we would hear about what was happening in organization B. I think in any industry, you sort of know people that work at other places, you catch wind of things, or somebody knows somebody, right? A couple degrees of separation if you don't know somebody yourself. And we would hear what organization B was doing. And lo and behold, within a couple of days, we would receive notification that we were implementing something the same, if not eerily similar to what we heard was just happening at organization B. I thought this, I found this to be very curious. What is happening here that two rival organizations, you know, are are playing this sort of let's stay in lockstep with one another about all of these things that we're going to implement. And it happened with this. Within days, and I don't know which went first. I don't know if it was organization A or organization B that decided to drop their employee mandates, but both of them did within days of one another. Now, from that standpoint, okay, I can see that. I can see if one is going to drop well, the other one is definitely going to drop because here's you don't want to lose out. 
You don't want to lose out on nurses who are maybe coming out of nursing school who don't want to get it. Go to the organization that doesn't require it. That makes total sense to me. But the other things that they did, the other, the other mandates and, and things that they implemented and rules and regulations, it felt very much like there was potential colluding going on, right? Or maybe the CEO of A and CEO of B were talking. Maybe the CNOs of both were having some, some happy hour chats. I don't know. Purely speculation on my part but I find it to be very curious. I find it to be very curious how you can know, either know something or not know something is happening at a completely separate healthcare organization. Something gets implemented and then all of a sudden you're doing the exact same thing. I'm copycat basically. Now, with that being said, about the dropping of these vaccine mandates for the employees. Here's what I think is really interesting. Go to the Nurses Out Loud website and look for a recent show that was done by one of my fellow uh, co-hosts talking about nursing schools. Nursing schools are still being required to have the nursing students receive the COVID-19 vaccine if they want to do clinicals at that organization. Let me repeat that. Because if you heard that and you shook your head like, wait, did I hear that correctly? That seems counterintuitive. You are correct. So hospitals that no longer have vaccine mandates for their employees may still have a vaccine requirement for the nursing student to come and do clinicals on that campus. If that doesn't boggle your brains, I don't know what will. It's another layer of absolute insanity that I can't grasp. It's not, it's again, not even congruent thinking for me. And, and it should be looked at. Somebody should be looking at why, somebody should be looking at why this is the case. What is the purpose for this? Why can hospital employees be exempt from this, but not the nurses, nursing students coming to do clinicals? It makes no sense. And I would render a guess that no one can give a rationale for it because there is one. There is not a rationale that makes sense. If you have practitioners that are allowed to work and allowed to be on that campus without having received the COVID-19 vaccine, 
then the nursing students should be allowed to come on that campus and work alongside a practitioner learning and providing care for patients without the COVID-19 vaccine. It makes perfect sense. And the opposite makes no sense, none whatsoever. In fact, I helped a friend who was in this situation, in this situation herself. So here's actually what I will kind of guide you on if you're listening to this and you're maybe in nursing school yourself, or you know someone that is, or you have a child that's going to nursing school and they're sort of facing, facing this issue. I helped a friend through this. Uh, she called me and, you know, we ran through, you know, we ran through the scenario and I referred her to the student handbook of the university that she was at. And the language is very specific about what you can have an exemption for, right? They try to be as specific as possible, but it's also framed in a way that does allow for some wiggle room and for some interpretation and certainly for some pushback. If you're in a state that offers religious exemptions and they're telling you that you have to have the COVID-19 vaccine to do clinicals, you can get that religious exemption or you should be able to. And I would refer you to the student handbook for your school or for your university and see what the school's policy is. And then secondarily, find out if that hospital requires COVID-19 for its employees. And if they don't, you should be able to approach them <laughs> politely asking for a rationale in which as a student, you have to have it. And as an employee, you don't. I don't think that they're going to be able to come back and say anything. And what I think a lot of people are loving to do right now, specifically surrounding this particular vaccine, is that they say, oh, well, you received all of your childhood vaccines or you've been getting annual flu shots. Why are you not going to participate in this one? I'm sure from a hospital employee standpoint, that's a big thing that they're counting on. They are counting on turning around to their employees and saying, well, you had to get this for nursing school. You had to get this one for nursing school. We've required flu shots for this many past years. Why wouldn't you just go ahead and get this one? And those were some of the tactics that were used, I guess now, a couple years ago. It sounds wild to say. But again, for the last three years, we have seen such hypocrisy and such a lack of demonstration of things making sense that this just falls into another, uh, another one of those categories of things that just doesn't make sense. Not to mention, not to mention, 
We are fully aware now by admissions from the CDC that the COVID-19 vaccine does not prevent infection, nor does it prevent transmission. So there were tons of us, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of us, screaming about that from the rooftops, right? We didn't have evidence that it was actually going to be efficacious. We didn't have long-term safety studies. There were a myriad of questions that people had that could not be answered, which was also added to sort of our support arsenal of why we were not going to participate in this. And maybe if you asked a hospital administrator, hey, did we drop the mandate because now we know that it doesn't prevent infection? I'm sure they're not going to answer that. But again, if you were an employee that decided to get it, aren't you a little mad? Aren't you a little mad that the people that sign your paycheck sold you on a pack of lies? I'd be absolutely irate. They not only told you you had to do something, but they absolutely lied in our faces about efficacy, potential risks, side effects. No one received proper informed consent. No one. And now, two, three years later, it's just like, oh, we're done. No more of that. We're just not going to, we're just not going to do it anymore. Remember when we did that three years ago? And remember when we threatened everyone? Yeah, we're just done with that now. And I think on top of that being sad and on top of my earlier speculation that they probably don't care, they have absolutely no remorse, no care or concern for the turmoil and the stress that they caused people, they do not care. I am equally as concerned as with with the people that decided to take it that aren't showing any signs of being frustrated or upset about it. Are we that complacent? Are we that okay with just getting steamrolled? Not going to say anything? Just going to say, oh, well, I guess, you know, I did it. Thank goodness I still have my job. Prayers that everyone still has their health long-term. Discovering a lot of things. And I would just, I wished that I saw, I guess, or heard I don't want people to be angry. It's not necessarily a worthwhile emotion (laughs) from my perspective. I think it's natural. I think it's a part of our human essence. But I don't feel like I see enough of it coming from people who were lied to. Again, I've talked about it before on the show. We tolerated things from our employers and from, you know, these sort of invisible powers over us that we would 
never tolerate in any other relationship. We wouldn't tolerate being lied to or threatened or coerced in a friendship, a, you know, romantic relationship, yet somehow it was okay for our employers to do that. And now they're literally just sweeping it under the rug. Like none of that ever happened. I know for me, I'm going to keep reminding people. I'm going to keep reminding people. This was brutal. These people treated people, humans treated humans like they were non-human. And it was gross. And it's still gross, as we're seeing now, by these organizations just washing their hands of it and saying, oh, well, we don't, we're not going to require that anymore. Okay, got it. I'm going to step away, take a short little break, come back, keep talking about this, infuse a little politics into it, of course. And yeah, we'll just, we'll just keep kind of chatting about some of the changes we're seeing. I am Nurse Beth. You are listening to Nurses Out Loud here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's time and this is For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com. Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
the liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. It's time and this is so, as I mentioned at the... In the first half of the show, kind of talking about my absolute, it, well, I'm not even shocked. I wish I were shocked. There's so many things that happen day to day that I want to be shocked and I'm just not shocked. It's, it's, it's crazy to sort of have that feeling. But talking about the healthcare organization that I used to work for, just eliminating the COVID-19 vaccine requirement alongside another major healthcare organization here in the Phoenix metro area doing the same thing. So they're kind of walking, you know, hand in hand along this decision. And what that must be like, I know what it feels like for me as an outsider looking in and in somebody who left, but also as somebody who said, this will go away. It will go away. And I, of course, could have stuck it out. I'm really, really happy that the Lord pointed me in a different direction. Really happy. As I said, it's an absolute silver lining in my life. And I think it is for a lot of other people as well. But I knew this would, I knew it would go away. I guess to some extent, I also knew that it would go away without a bunch of uproar. Because it, there wasn't, in my opinion, enough uproar when the mandates were implemented. Too many people just went along. Too many people kind of abandoned their backbone and didn't stand up for either what they thought was right or stand up for their fellow man and say, Ooh, gosh, you know, we should all have a choice. I want to, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. I think that this is the right thing to do for reasons, whatever they may be. But if somebody else doesn't feel that I'm actually going to advocate for them to have, have a choice in this matter. I don't, I don't know of anybody that did that actually. And that's always been kind of my perspective on it is that I wanted the ability to choose and I wanted everyone else to have the ability to choose. Now, do I think that my choice was the better choice based off of what I read and what I researched? And you know, yeah, of course I do. I'm hard pressed to find anybody that thinks that the opposite choice was the better choice. So now that we have the sort of fallout of healthcare organizations no longer requiring it. 
I also talked at the, at the first half of the show about nursing schools in particular are still requiring it for their nursing students to go on site and do clinicals, which makes no sense. So let's just start asking some questions and start digging a little deeper there. But you also have universities. So just in general, even if they are absent a nursing program or a pre-med program or a medical school program, you have universities still saying that they're going to require it. What for? What is the purpose of that? I have to automatically think money. I have to automatically think that there is an association for funding related to it. And I get that. That's usually what is the sort of reasoning behind it. And as we look at sort of things that are happening in the political world, especially surrounding vaccines right now, some things are kind of coming into play that I I thought they would come into play, especially with RFK Jr. being a candidate, as we know his history and his very outspoken approach to having the conversations about vaccines and childhood vaccines in particular. But something that did occur just the other day, well, actually back in, maybe it was, well, when was it? Not that, not that long ago. Trump was talking about if he were to become elected in 2024, that he will withhold funding. Now, I will stand corrected. I don't know if this is on a COVID-19 mandate or an all-vaccine mandate, so childhood schedule. So I'll I'll hypothetically call it just the COVID-19 vaccine. If you know, and if I can be stand corrected, um, you know, please let me know. Go on and and email us and let me know. But let's just break this down hypothetically, right? For, For one or both. If Trump is elected in 2024, he said that he is going to withhold funding from any organization K through university that has a vaccine requirement. Now, for me, I don't think that mandates should ever be in existence, right? There's there's no reason based off of the evidence that we have and based off of even the things that we vaccinate for, for our childhood vaccine schedule, that a mandate is necessary. Again, let's put the power back in the parents. Let's encourage them to understand what it is that we're vaccinating against. Is it going to kill my baby or is it just going to maybe make them uncomfortable with a rash for a few days? Where, what are we looking at on the spectrum of this particularly, you know, um, benign self-limiting disease that we need to vaccinate against, Right. So if he says this, if Trump says this, and now I think that he's coming out and he's talking about this because RFK is so outspoken about it. And I did talk about this on a previous show where I think that, unfortunately, I will say, 
because I don't think that we should vote for somebody based off of one single solitary issue. And that's, again, going back to the fact that I don't think I'm going to vote in 2024. I have absolutely zero faith in the system. I don't I don't think that I am going to participate. However, I'm seeing a lot of people sort of clinging to this vaccine notion with RFK. They've wanted medical freedom. He's pro-medical freedom, or that's at least what we've been presented with. You know, we have parents that feel like they are being heard based off of his position. They might have children that are vaccine injured. And so that is a huge, huge emotional and sort of like empathetic connection that someone has. And I totally get it. I do not have a vaccine injured child, thanks be to God. But I do have a child that has run up against hurdles because of my parental decisions to not participate in that for my child through his birth to birth to now, birth to 13. So I do understand where you can look at somebody's platform on a topic that is not only contentious, but people are so passionate about. I am incredibly passionate about it. It's, it's, I would consider it sort of like my passion project. Like I, I continuously learn more. I look at more stuff, you know, so I get that. I wish that we wouldn't do that. I wish that we wouldn't kind of latch on to like one thing and be like, oh, he's my presidential candidate because of this. Well, there's so much more that's required of a person and that goes into being the president than just this one thing. But I get it. I get why he has such a pull with what I'm going to say is sort of my community, this medical freedom community, these people that are skeptics of this entire industry, the entire vaccine industry, I am a huge skeptic of, as are many other parents. So very interesting now that Trump is coming out and talking about it. And I appreciate it. I appreciate for for what I'm kind of seeing like the first time You do have a couple of candidates that are very, very focused on what's happening here in the United States and what's happening to our children, our collective population of children. And there is something that has happened. You know, if you haven't listened, I mentioned it before, if you haven't listened to RFK on the Joe Rogan podcast, go and do it. He spelled it out very, very quickly. Again, correlation does not equal causation. However, trends, we can look at trends and we can see things that should be investigated, right? That's the whole point. You start somewhere, you start with a hypothesis and you either try to prove it or disprove it, or you break it apart completely. But when we look at these trends, there is something you know worth investigating. We have 54% of our American children are chronically ill. 54% of our children in the United States of America are chronically ill. And when we talk about chronic illness, we talk about things like asthma, food allergies. That's a chronic problem. Um, autism. Uh, we have a childhood cancer epidemic that is through the roof. And I will remind you 
that none of our childhood vaccines are tested for carcinogenic or mutagenic properties. No studies. No studies looking at if a single solitary ingredient or the combination of ingredients or giving five childhood vaccines at one point could cause a potential cancer. You know, we have mental disorders, we have obesity, we have developmental delays separate from, you know, an, an autism diagnosis, right? Something is happening to our children. And there's a lot of people, and I get this statement, I get the, well, it's, it's, vaccines don't cause this, right? Like, it's not like a one-to-one. Okay. Maybe, but if you also ask, well, then, you know, how come it's listed as a side effect on the vaccine insert? Like, they obviously saw it as a potential result when they were, you know, looking at it. So Trump has now, you know, stated that schools aren't going to get funding. So again, I just kind of briefly talked about it. If it's COVID-19, that's great. I don't, we can be done with COVID-19 vaccines, right? Like they don't prevent infection and they don't prevent transmission. What are they for? What are they for? What are they doing? A whole lot of nothing. If his statement also includes childhood vaccine schedule, we are looking at a massive, massive game change in the way that our sort of public school system has been functioning. And we're also looking at an opportunity for parents to maybe, maybe, lean into some intuition to maybe have some flexibility to maybe not feel so pressured to maybe have a more open dialogue with either parents like myself or maybe their pediatrician or maybe, you know, their spouse without feeling like they're going to somehow be either punished if they don't do this, or it's going to inhibit their child from attending, you know, a public school. So many parents that I know and that I've talked to and that, you know, are kind of on this maybe like journey of discovery and learning and educating themselves. They look back at like when their kids were, kindergarten or pre-K even, and sort of getting ready. And it was literally drilled into our heads. Your child has to have these before they go to kindergarten. And I would say that a lot of people still just make that assumption. My kid can't go to school if they don't have, you know, however many inoculations by the time that five-year kindergarten rolls around. And again, I would say that they've done a pretty good job of steering you away from the information that educates you differently, right? So 
having your child go to school on an exemption. I also think conversely, they've been working very, very hard to actually pass laws, pass actual legislation that requires medical procedures for for public education. I believe the state of Washington is one. I believe the state of California is one. That's insane. You have the government telling you that you have to have a medical procedure. Uh, Could we be on any more of a slippery slope there. Like I, that's just, that is 1985 backyard slip and slide action to me. <laughs> like you're just, you're, it's out of control. You're just barreling down and you're ready for like grass burns. It's crazy. So what if Trump actually, you know, acts on that? What does that look like? Withholds federal funding from an elementary a junior high, a high school, or a university if they require vaccines or the COVID vaccine. I actually kind of love that. I actually love it a lot. I don't love it enough to, again, change my opinion on whether or not I'm voting in 2024, but I love it. I think it's a great idea. I think it's going to carry some significance for him. I think it is a direct sort of one-to-one on him maybe seeing what RFK is doing on his campaign trail, talking about these issues. I think Trump has to balance that out and provide maybe his potential voters with some of the same answers or demonstrate that he is kind of on that same, same, not same path, but I would say that he's giving it some attention, right? Maybe not as much because RFK has been in this fight for a really long time. So he's probably a little bit more knowledgeable, you know, obviously with his lawsuits and things like that, but at least Trump isn't, he's not disregarding it in any way. And I know that that's been, a pain point for a lot of people with Trump surrounding the COVID-19 vaccine. And again, I get it. I totally get it. I understand maybe, well, I think I understand, but there's a lot of things that go into that from a president, right? Um, Promoting the vaccine. I think he's unfortunately downplayed uh, the maybe some side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine a little bit. So there's, there's a lot, again, it's a hot button topic, but I think that he is addressing it as a direct sort of counterbalance to what RFK is talking about. And he did also talk specifically about creating a, whether a task force maybe is the term that he used or a department or something that strictly investigates the 54% chronic illness rate in our American children. 
And he talked about that. He said, why do we have this significant rise in autism? Why do we have this significant rise in, you know, chronic illness, all of these things? We're going to look at that. My presidency, my people, whomever, if I'm elected, we've got to investigate this. We've got to research it. So again, something that I think is worth talking about, I think it's worth highlighting. I think it is coming to a head because of all of the other things that we have seen over the last three years. I don't ever recall a previous presidential campaign talking about things like this. I don't recall Trump talking about this before. Then again, I will say I'm very heightened, I guess, to this type of conversation now, especially after, you know, the past three years, it makes you a little bit more sensitive to the topics. And I also think to some degree, we hear what we want to hear. I think that's human nature. We want to feel validated or we want to feel like, oh, okay, yes, they, they understand my plight. They kind of get it. But this is a pretty massive topic for two presidential candidates to be talking about. And I hope, here's my, here's my ultimate hope. My hope is that whomever is elected, hopefully not installed, but if they're talking about doing these sort of same types of things for American children and this Potential what I view as a protection for them, right? We should not, one does not have anything to do with the other. If you choose to vaccinate your child, it should be because that's what you want to do. Those are the health choices and the decisions that you're making for your child, not so that they can get, you know, attend a public school that your tax dollars are paying for, which they are entitled to. Those are independent of one another. And I hope that the same mentality is carried over to our employers, whether that be healthcare or not. You should never have to do anything to your body, put anything in your body. Now, outside of things, obviously, safety measures, right? Like goggles or gloves or you know, things that, that you know are going to protect you from a potential, maybe what we would say is like an outside hazard or things that are proven, things that have tried and true demonstrated, you know, safety behind them. You know, like a, a welder wearing that special mask to, to look and, and not be blinded, right? We know that that works. We know that that's why that is a safety precaution for a welder, but you should never be required to inject something, take a pill, take a medication that number one isn't tested. And number two, in exchange for keeping your job, right? Like those again are independent. A kindergartner shouldn't be required to get the chicken pox vaccine and a nurse shouldn't be required to get the flu shot or the COVID shot, or the hepatitis B vaccine. They're independent of one another so greatly. And I guess it is my hope that 
if the focus and if the emphasis and if they see this for a public school childhood vaccine correlation, that they will also see it for an employer-employee sort of relationship and dynamic. And, you know, it's always one of those things where we say, or we, or people have been saying over the last few years, you know, trust the experts, trust the science. Well, who's more of an authority on that than actual healthcare providers? Should that not be the standard model by which we're following? If hospitals are no longer requiring the COVID vaccine, should any other public sector or private sector organization be requiring it? What, what do the hospitals know that, you know, the, the hardware store isn't going to know? We should be looking to sort of those places as like, oh, well, hey, the nurses don't have to get any anymore. I, I don't, I don't think I need it as a cashier at the grocery store. Seems pretty legitimate, right? And I guess one last sort of, I guess, to reiterate is I hope that we sort of come to a place where the folks that maybe haven't been angry through any of this are maybe feeling a little bit of that. And it's not because I want you to feel angry. Mis Trust me, misery in these scenarios does not love company. I've come a long way in the kind of my anger and my bitterness because I know it doesn't, it's not good for my heart and my soul. But I do think it's a part of your sort of growth journey of, of, of understanding and kind of feeling those feels of like, dang it, this makes me mad that they did this to me. This makes me frustrated that I was put in this situation. Maybe feeling those feels and maybe acknowledging that will provide sort of power and encouragement and courage for you the next time. It will happen again. They saw what we did. They loved it. We fought over toilet paper. They loved it. Maybe if you feel a little bit of anger, maybe you got that email, says you don't need this anymore. Oh, and now the two presidents are talking about, gosh, maybe we don't need to do this to our kids in order for them to go to school. Okay. Maybe I'm going to start sort of feeling the feels and turning that into power and turning that into my voice to stand up for something that I've maybe had a little inkling about. I maybe didn't act on it before, but I feel pretty confident I can take the proper steps in the future when and if it happens again. That would be my hope. Maybe it's a dream. Who knows? But I'm here for it. I'll keep dreaming nonetheless. Not voting, but I'll be dreaming. So that's all the time we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. 
As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Beth, and you can find me here every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. And join us weekdays with a different nurse host daily, where no topic is off limits as we shine our light and expose the darkness. It's time